what really gets my dick hard is Welcome to Metal Up Your Podcast, episode 10. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. And we are back with another episode. This is a little more off the map, uh, like we have told you many times we're going to do. We're not just doing records and members. This is our first episode that is about a specific show, or even more specifically, shows. Mm. Four shows. This is the 30th anniversary shows. Faux show. Faux show. Show. (laughs) I don't think I like that phrase. (laughs) Tormen, you're here already. Man. I thought I'd drop by. It's I, kind know, of, I, I never left. It's cold and rainy out, and I've just been hiding under your, under your house. <laughs> well, Tormen, I'll give you a blanket. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, so we're uh, we're going to talk about the 30th anniversary shows on this episode. And this is our 10th episode. This is a bit of a milestone episode for us. Um, we made it to 10. Uh, we are... Uh, about a month and a half in on this thing, we're at almost 3,000 listens mm-hmm. in such a short time. So you guys, the fans, we have to thank for that. Uh, if you're fans of the podcast, you're listening, downloading, subscribing, we really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks, guys. To celebrate our 10th episode, we're going to have uh, Dave Mustaine and uh, Ron McGovney, Jason Newstead. They're all going to come and Yeah, talk they're all us. actually, they're all uh, having dinner <clears throat> in my house right now, and then they're going to come down here to the studio. And, yeah, uh, Ozzy's here, too. King, King Diamond's in yeah. full makeup. and <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate him doing that and making the commitment. So Yeah. Um, but before we get into the into the, uh, into the 30th anniversary shows that uh, took place in San Francisco, we're gonna get in some uh, somewhat current event news. It won't be as current as you know this this comes out you know later than what we're about to talk about. Yeah, so Metallica just are, are wrapping up their week in Copenhagen, doing their four shows, and they had to cancel the second show because James got sick. And I don't know if you saw the first show; he's really sick during the first show. Oh, when he asked the <clears throat> asked the fans, and if he, he asked should the finish. fans, should we finish? Or you know, he, he actually even says, "I want to go home." Yeah, he said, "Oh yeah, I want to stop." And they started booing or something, and, and then he they did it. Yeah, they finished it. And I mean, how would you have felt being at that show, assuming it's like your one time to see them, like to yeah. make that trip? Would I, I, honestly, I would prefer t- to cancel the show and get, and like reschedule it and get them back in full force. Well, I mean, I wonder, uh, you know, could they have scheduled it, you know, the day after the fourth show, kind of thing. You know, or are they like they rescheduled it for September. Oh wow, that that far well, out. Well, the second show that they did end up canceling, they rescheduled for right. September. Okay, September. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's just I'm a sh- bummer because so many people like flew into Copenhagen for yeah, that show. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, you can't. I mean, you can't fault them too much. I mean, there's probably a pretty hefty schedule we don't know about yet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, North a, American tour, yeah, summer tour for sure. I mean, I don't think they're going to wait terribly long to start touring this record like crazy. So. Uh, and I know they're doing like the two weeks on, two weeks off thing, just to, you know, be home with family, stuff like that. I totally get it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd assume uh, according to their schedule, whatever's on the books that we don't know about, September made the <clears> most <throat> sense. So I was pretty worried because I, <clears throat> I watched the videos of that show and it is pretty rough. He looks yeah. like he's struggling. And apparently Kirk has the flu also. Oh, wow. So then it wasn't clear if they were going to cancel the second show. Then they did. And it was like, oh, shit. And some people thought he might have actually like blown his voice out again. Yeah. But they just did the third show last night, and he sounded about ninety percent. Yeah, I, was, I, I saw some clips, and he, they, he sounded great. So I was glad to see that you know a couple of days recuperation, just a little cold or something. Yeah. It also was announced this week that uh, Metallica will be playing the Grammys with Lady Gaga. Yeah, and uh, as this episode is released, <clears throat> that will already have happened. But you can listen to us <laughs> talk about it now <laughs> because it's a. Uh, you know, I, I've seen a couple of people, uh, you know, comments online and stuff. People, oh, that's bullshit and blah, blah, blah. I'm curious. Yeah. And here's the only reason is uh, I don't I don't own Lady Gaga records. Mm-hmm. I don't care for her music. I think there's some catchy stuff. Sure. But I don't. It's not my thing. I don't care right. for it. I watched her Super Bowl performance. Again, don't care for her songs. But to see the commitment she puts into something like she worked her ass off. And she's talented. I mean, she's she, very talented. She, she can, can really sing. play and sing. Yeah. She writes her own songs. There's a lot of things I do like about her a lot. Of course, yeah. And I and, and <clears throat> I, I, re, I respect anyone that works that hard in music. And so, and I think Metallica is one of those bands too that works very hard. We talked about Lars always giving 100 percent, even mm-hmm. if you don't like his drumming, or whatever. He's he's never giving less than that. Sure. So I am a little hopeful that it could be something cool because they're both very hardworking artists that care about what they do, and uh, it's going to be you know on national television. So. Yeah, I 
I can't say I'm looking forward to it. I'm just very intrigued. I- and I'm sure. trying not to throw out anything negative before it, anything happens. I mean, I'd rather it be, if it's going to be some kind of pop icon, I'd rather it be her than goddamn Justin Bieber or something. Of course. But I do kind of wish that it was just their moment instead of having to share that moment with another massive star. Yeah. Unless they do, uh, you know, something where they come out and they play like almost a full song and jump, you know, and then she comes out to go into something else. I don't know. It's probably, it's probably not going to be like a standard performance. I'm sure something weird. Some people what if they, she comes out and does Marianne Faithful's part? <laughs> <laughs> if they do Memory Remains, a song from 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah, why not? Some people think they might do Nothing Else Matters and Gaga will sing it. I, I can't really? imagine they're not going to play something off the new record. I think they're going to do Moth, maybe. I would hope so, yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious I to do see. have to say, I thought the performance of one that they did on the Grammys a few years ago with Lang Lang uh. was real bad. It was real bad. I was cringing. There's a few things about that that I didn't care for. One, the, the piano. Um, <clears throat> mm-hmm. I didn't dislike what that guy was playing. It was mixed so loud. The mix was terrible. Compared to the band. Um, Hetfield, I remember, had some really good moments in that vocally. But um, Kirk was kind of our sloppy Kirk. and Yeah, I got, I got really excited when they were coming out. And then all of a sudden, it was just like piano mix, you know, yeah. so high. But, uh, you know, I'm hopeful for this. We'll see. Yeah, um, we'll see. I'm not going to spew out any negativity about it just yet. Don't you dare do that. I won't dare do it. I'm, I might eventually. <laughs> Once the Grammys happen and we record an, a, a podcast episode after that, maybe I'll be a little more uh, angry. Scathing. Yeah. But yeah, um, and we would like to. Is that, is that enough for our news segment? You yeah, have, You got so. anything else? Nope. nope. Um, our last episode was our, 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 fan, our fan emails, uh, fan top tens. Um, and we hope you enjoyed that. And we're going to try to do this, uh, every episode, not a, a fan thing for a while, but you know, maybe, uh, you know, pick one or two things to start each episode with. And so, uh, we got a really, uh, really good email here from, uh, someone named Logan. Um, did Logan put his last name? Novak. Logan, Logan Novak. Novak. What's up, Logan? How you doing, buddy? Got your email yesterday at 9.14 p.m. Central Time. <laughs> Thank you for that detail. Well, I figured it's in front of my face <laughs> while I'm reading it. I might as well be... You know, I'm trying to do... You're a, being a, thorough. I'm trying to be professional we, here. Okay? We pride ourselves on having a very thorough podcast. Decent, I think you're doing a great job. <laughs> Thank you, Torben. Appreciate it. Um, anyway, so this is what uh, this is what Logan had to say. Hey, Clint and Ethan, I want to write you guys to let you know how much I'm enjoying the podcast. I can't tell you how frustrating it has been to search out podcasts dealing with a specific subject, band, movie series, etc., and find that it either doesn't exist or that it does, but only five or so have been released, and that was three years ago, and it was just uh, plain that it was just abandoned. Feel lucky to have learned about your podcast on the Metallica forums. Sweet Met Club. Um, Right as it was premiering, uh, and uh, to listen to you guys as each episode is dropped. Uh, he actually talks about the Lady Gaga thing, um, uh, about the news breaking about that. Uh, he said he's really looking forward to seeing what they do together. But um, cool. all that to say, Logan, thanks for the email. There's a little bit more in there, but we got to uh, get into this episode. But we appreciate your email. I appreciate you uh, supporting it, listening to it from, I guess, pretty much day one. He saw it on the uh, the uh, forums. Right on. It's good, to know that, it's good to know that my, my, uh, cause I use, I'm usually, I'm the primary one from our podcast who kind of posts there. So you it's kinda, good to know that it's effective and I'm not just like <laughs> it <laughs> trolling is, or spamming. It's effective to one person at least. <laughs> I have so, at least hooked Logan. Yeah. And, and you guys who have, we have replied to online, you, you may notice it, it's, seems like it's mostly me on like the social networking things and you've kind of taken on all the, all the forum stuff, uh, Reddit and which was heavily forums. pre-thought out. We so thought we, out. I was like, Clint, look, we poured I'm over this for months. a social media guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, consider myself a socialite <laughs> we'll read one more email in a segment that we're thinking about calling letters from Samim yeah letters from Samim or <laughs> Samim's segment we have a fan named Samim who he actually sent us our first email on day one very first yeah and he's a, a very smart articulate fellow and he writes us very lengthy emails oh yeah they're very long which we appreciate by the way we're not yeah. not, not knocking at it no all. I'm, I'm really happy to uh, be on the forefront of Samim's burgeoning novel writing um <laughs> he's starting his first novel writing with us so right. Samim writes uh, wanted to let you know that I'm really enjoying the show I'm sure it's not easy doing this every week maybe having to work your life around it even so I really appreciate the effort that's cool it, it is actually yeah. <clears throat> the show does require a bit more immersion into Metallica than I thought it would right um, 
but I'm fucking loving every second of it. Absolutely. And it also, like uh, other people have written in, it, it, it gives us the chance to revisit things maybe we haven't listened to in a while. Yeah. You know, when we're preparing for an episode or whatever. Um, so yeah, but yeah, that, that's a great point. So thank you. He goes on to say the only episode I wasn't really satisfied with was the hardwired one as it felt a bit light in substance, probably because it's so new. Having True. a second look at the album down the road would be great. I think, especially in comparison with death magnetic as the two post St. Anger Metallica coming to terms with their legacy albums. We're I, definitely going to revisit. Yeah, I agree. I would love to revisit it. I even, I was even listening to it the other day. Hardwired is what I'm talking about and immediately I was like we gotta do another one yeah we have to yeah I agree he goes on to say let me randomly go through some points okay Ethan your Torben is just fantastic <laughs> thanks which I gotta tell you that, uh, according to the forum because I asked a bunch of forum members the people have spoken yeah they like Torben uh, that's thank me, you it means the world to me thank you <laughs> Speaking of Torben, you were talking about him residing in Denmark in one of the episodes, but I think he lives in San Francisco now. I learned that from a tennis podcast he was a guest on. So we got that wrong. I love that Torben was a guest on a tennis podcast. Yeah. That, make, that makes me smile. Well, he says it's a really terrible um, interview. <laughs> he, Samim says, I'm a big tennis fan. I saw that randomly while skimming over the show's archives. was really excited to listen to it, but man, it's so horrible. <laughs> 45 <laughs> minutes of barely articulated deep thoughts about tennis balls and quantum physics. I'm not kidding. Tennis balls and quantum you physics. You have to listen to it so I'm not the only victim. <laughs> no, we don't, Samim. <laughs> I think we'll take your word for yes, it. Yes, we will. <laughs> Uh, regarding Kirk's drug use, as long as you mean well and it's from a place of love, I don't see a problem with you speaking about it. Yeah, we yeah, agree. Course, yeah. To Clint, no one pointed out my Unforgiven 3 mistake. Um, I did in my first email, which is true, he did. <laughs> he did. He caught it day one. <laughs> yep. I guess criticisms don't stick with you unless they're punctuated with kill yourselves and faggots. I'll remember that next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Samim. <laughs> okay. Um... He pointed us towards, we mentioned that we hadn't really seen a lot of places where James talks in depth about his lyrics. He pointed us towards the same... Uh, the So What article? The So What yeah, article. Yeah, a couple that, people have written in about that, which we're thankful for. He says, by the way, isn't Metallica.com incredible? Ridiculous amount of content and organized beautifully. I agree. It's one of the better yep. current fan websites that I've ever seen. Even just going on the discography page, I mean, there's like, there's so much about the records on there. Yeah, they did it. Whoever designed the website... Um, coded it and just, uh, did a great job right and just but, but like all the live stuff they've posted, like all the tuning yep. room stuff yep I mean, they're really thoughtful about their fans oh yeah very much so um <clears throat> and then lastly and and samim did send some of his top lists which are interesting but we won't we don't have enough time to get into that um but he ends it by saying p.s i've been now irrevocably traumatized by clint's shameless reveal of his high regard for the grammy award-winning track better than you <laughs> <laughs> and was going to skip the next episode in protest but his reimagining of the puppets album as a concept album was hilarious so i'm considering us even for now oh we kept we kept him we kept samim he's wow, gonna, just he's, barely he's gonna hang on i still submit to you all that if you go and play better than you in your car by yourself and turn it up loud you will have a nice time Good time in your car? Yeah. Okay. You, you'll have a nice time. Like parked car, drive around, or does it matter? doesn't matter. Okay. I, I guarantee you, though, if you're okay. driving, you will start driving faster. Oh, okay. Fair yeah. enough. I'm down. I'll, I'll give it a shot. So anyway, so if you guys want to email us, it's metalupyourpodcastshow at gmail.com. Yep. We're going to read a few of these each week. It's the best way to, to directly engage with us. Although you can also check in on all of our other social media bullshit. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, we, we pay attention to all of it. So we are listening and uh, we hope you will keep uh, keep writing in. That, uh, that that has been the first edition of uh, Letters from Samim. Letters from Samim. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hear from Samim again soon and uh, have another segment on the next episode. <laughs> All right. So the 30th anniversary show. Yeah, let's get into it. Really cool. Very cool. We were talking about this as we do uh, before we started recording. Uh, I remember when these happened. Um, I got so excited about them. I didn't know anything about what was going to happen at the shows other than they were doing four nights at the Fillmore in San Francisco. And that was December 5th, 7th, 9th, and the 10th of 2011. Did I get that right? Yeah, that's right. It's 11, right? Yeah. Yep, that's correct. Um, and I just thought that was awesome. They were doing that in a small club and I've played there. You've played there. Mm -hmm. It's such a rad room and a historic venue in Northern California. Um, I remember the next morning after the first show happening, like just on YouTube, just searching everything I could and videos started popping up like more and more each day <clears throat> by the last show. I mean, so much stuff was up on YouTube and I've, I, I spent days 
outside of responsibilities I had, just watching all that stuff. Right. So when guys like Ron McGovern show up and Dave Mustaine and Newstead, King Diamond in full makeup, Glenn Danzig, all that stuff, it was so exciting. Yeah, I bet. I I was kind of offline at that time yeah. in my Metallica journey. Yeah. So, you know, as I've been sort of been becoming reinvigorated as we've been talking about this podcast for the last several months, yeah. it was quite a treat for me to... It was a lot of content for me to sort of binge on over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've kind of been doing. It must have been really exciting though when it was going down. Oh, yeah, it definitely was. And I've I've revisited those videos, you know, from time to time. Mostly, I mean, the highlight for me, which I'm sure is a lot of Metallica fans, is when Mustaine is out there playing songs from Kill 'Em All. Oh, for sure. It's so exciting. well, they kind of they end kind of the last show. Yeah, they sort of end the entire you know jaunt with yep. a bunch of Mustaine stuff. Yeah, and it was like you know not necessarily surprising he was there because the big four shows happened before this right um but still really cool that he's up there with them in a small club i would imagine that like whatever kind of piece they made to do those big four shows was one of the impetuses for having him yes come you know i would agree kind of crazy too that at, at these big four shows at one point like the original lineup is in the building yeah i mean that's crazy of like hetfield ulrich mustaine and mcgovney Mm -hmm. that's insane at the big four shows or at the 30th anniversary? Big four shows. shows. I'm, mo- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 30th anniversary. I'm getting mixed up here. Sorry. Come on, dude. Dang it. Come on, bro. Cool. At least it's not an outlaw torn <laughs> mix up again. Um, but yeah, pretty cool that like the four, yeah. you know, dudes and, and pre-Cliff even, Burton lineup was there. And Hugh Tanner's there too, who co-wrote Motor Breath with James and who actually introduced James to Lars. Yeah. Like just an old high school bud. I, I, I just I love the, the the thought and care they put into these shows. It wasn't like, hey, let's just do four nights there. We'll bring up a couple guests. Blah blah blah. Fans will be stoked. I mean, it was a a, a fan club thing only. If you're you're a Met Club member, you got Ooh. access to these tickets, which by the way were six dollars or nineteen dollars and eighty one cents for all four nights. What an amazing! It's a that's a gift, and that's probably like. Like, you know, early days price pricing. That's sure. probably why they did it. Oh, I didn't even um, think about that. Or actually, I should just reread what I just uh, said a second ago. 1981. Oh. For all four nights. <laughs> right in front of our faces. The wow. price was 1981, the year that Metallica started. That's some deep shit. That's deep shit. It's, like I said, it's very well thought out. So not only are there details like that, um, but I mean, they anybody that had to do with Metallica in some form that had some sort of importance in that band was there. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Ray Burton's there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean like, I mean, Rama Govani, like, yeah, I know, I know everyone knows who he is, but I mean, they got him to come out. Like, yeah. And even, even like I just mentioned, Hugh Tanner, or yeah. John Marshall, right. John Marshall. I mean, everyone knows him from filling in for Hetfield two right. different times, you know? Um, but yeah, just really cool. I mean, it, 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 it's another testament to how fan-friendly they are and how much they care about their fans and how much they want their fans to be excited about something they're doing. It does, like, especially watching the sort of banter in between the songs, it definitely felt like a family event. Oh, yeah. Just the way they were interacting with their fans and bo- in both ways, like respect both ways. And I think yep. every night they had Met Club members come up and play a song with them. Yep, totally. Um, 77 different songs. 77 Which different you, songs. you were telling me earlier, I didn't know this detail, but how long did they rehearse before? Uh, I'm pretty, I'm, I don't quote me on this. I'm pretty sure I read online that they did, they did eight like official rehearsals. Wow. Seven or eight beforehand. And, and that, that, uh, James was so antsy to start the first show that, that he, he was came playing on the stage. drums. Yeah, yeah. He came on stage first and jumped on the drums and was like yelling in the mic for everyone to come out and Lars to get out there. <laughs> You know, it was, it was like I said, a, probably a ton of setup for this thing. A lot of ground, oh, a lot sure. of legwork on their part, you know, getting all these people flown in from all over the country, yep. all over the world. And finally, the day is there, you know. Well, and like, I think they, the Met Club members who got to come up and play, that was like a contest. Okay. And even just like, even from a technical standpoint, which you and I both know that world, having you know, big names like Ozzy Osbourne and Geezer Butler and yeah. like having in-ear mixes for all these people and guitar changes and... Yeah, big undertaking. It's just for a sure. big deal. Yeah, and, it, and in a small club. And and I I just recently kind of watched all four shows, binged on it. Yeah, you know, not a lot of hiccups. I mean, it there were some, there were some problems, but mostly I got something to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, that didn't have anything to do with anyone other but uh, Glenn Danzig <laughs> and his, I guess, completely shot vocal cords forever. Oh man. <laughs> um, 
so I guess we were going to kind of just talk through the set list. We're not going to like yeah, spend sure. a lot of time on each song, but there were so many little gems and rarities. I mean, th- this was the first time they ever played Carpe Diem Baby, which is one yep. of my favorite Metallica songs. Yep. Oh yeah. They debuted all the songs from what would end up becoming, um, the uh, oh, beyond, beyond magnetic beyond, yeah yeah they re- they released uh, online a song every every show day and then oh, they the, released okay they released a studio yeah, and then, version and then the day the day after the show i think i think it was on december 11th of 2011 um they re- actually released the ep digitally very cool which went on to sell 250,000 copies by the way a four song ep that's the mighty metallica that is maybe metallica will release my music that's probably not going to happen <laughs> well you know who can help you do that I think I do. <laughs> Here's something though, like so because I'm a guitar nerd, I yeah. wrote down all the different guitars that Kirk and James used. You did. You did. Is I that had... worth mentioning? Uh, maybe just like when it's an unusual guitar. I mean, we can just mention it. You know, like you say, uh, Carpe Diem Baby was a live premiere. James played his uh, black truckster. Uh, Kirk played the white Ouija Lulu joke. Yeah, well, I, they made a Lulu joke for yeah. the song that I wanted to mention. So let's just kind of go through it. Um, not the first two shows are actually kind of hard to find in full shows three and four are in full on youtube yeah yeah, yeah shows one those. and two you kind of have to piece it together and then some of the songs aren't aren't available at all yeah so i don't know what kind of guitar they played for those is what i'm trying to say <laughs> come on clint so at the beginning of the first show, Ray Burton comes out and tells a few stories about Cliff, which is pretty cool. That's very cool. I mean, what a great way to intro a 30-year anniversary show. And like we've said before, I mean, Metallica includes Ray Burton and the Burton family so much. And he's, I mean, he's, he, it's like he's just, you know, the living embodiment of, of his son when he's around those guys. Right. I mean, people look up to Ray like it's freaking Cliff, you know. So I thought that was great that he got to intro the shows. Yeah. Uh, track one, they and so they open each show with an instrumental. They open this night, for night one, with Call of Cthulhu. Awesome. Pretty cool. Very cool. And it sounded great, too. That's one, I think they because they've played that one more, they have that one a bit more dialed in. Yeah, they've played that a ton. Like, To Live Is To Die and Suicide Redemption, little, little rough. But Call of Cthulhu has sounded good since they've been started doing it around the yeah. S&M world. Totally. Then they do No Remorse. Which I did read online today that, that this this version of Remorse was the first time they went into the third solo and third verse since '85 mm. or something crazy. So what does that mean? Like that they they like just, shortened it. They just shortened it for live purposes, yeah, probably. And then because they were this is like a a retrospective show, they were like, let's just do the full thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, I mean, they pulled out some awesome songs for this thing. I mean, right into Shortest Straw. Yeah, that's killer. Yeah, not a not a commonly uh, song, you know, commonly live played song, but uh, right. Uh, James played the White Snake Bite and Kirk played the Mummy. Which I got to say, man, these these snake bite guitars, James's kind of new ESP. Yeah, they look like explorers, but they have this cool little contour in the yeah. bottom. He's got a black one. They're real one. cool. I haven't wanted a pointy guitar so bad <laughs> since this fucking snake bite guitar. I know. It's pretty rad. He plays this white snake bite for a lot, the beginning of almost every show. Yeah, and Kirk with the, the mummy, the kind of orange mummy guitar, which is classic Kirk. Yeah, for sure. He's been playing the Dracula and the white zombie one a lot more in the last few years, but yeah. I remember seeing the mummy one. F- decades ago like oh, he yeah. played that one for a long time i really miss the uh the black jackson from yeah the black out the v he used to play that for on for whom the bell tolls oh that rad. was kind of that and uh another one that i'm spacing on but that's what i was associated it with yeah then they played leper messiah which i was bummed that you can't find video of that because that's one of my favorites to see live because it's such a rarity yep it definitely is then they play the day that never comes which is rad yeah i, I just listened to death magnetic the other day or like about half of it when i was running some errands um I love that song. Yeah, I do too. It's a good, it's one of those, you know, track uh, four, track four classics. Then they do the live premiere of Carpe Diem Baby, which is pretty cool. I mean, it's not a great, it doesn't really translate as well live. It was the first time they played it. I think they've since played it only three or four times. Yeah. um, They do make a a Lulu joke because they're, (laughs) what does he say? I don't remember. I think James or Lars is saying like, does anyone have any, this next song we're about to play, we've never played live. Does anyone know what it is? So they're kind of like seeing uh, right. if anyone in the crowd knows. And then and then I think Lars goes, uh, we're just going to play Lulu, the whole Lulu record. <laughs> and people audibly boo. I, that's so, <laughs> such a bummer. I mean, I kind of agree, but... Um, but if I was there, dude, I mean, because in one of the shows, I think show two, they actually bring Lou Reed up and play some Lulu shit. Uh, I th- yeah, they, and they do a Velvet Underground song, too. They do two Lulu songs and a Velvet Underground song. Yeah. And the crowd is definitely not loving it. Even though it's Lou Reed. But I'm like, if I was there, I would have been all in. 
Yeah, for sure. Whatever you guys are throwing at me, let's fucking do it. Yeah, I'm in a tiny club in San Francisco, California, watching Metallica. I, I mean, I don't get it, but uh then in the live premiere of hate train which yeah, is one of the, the beyond magnetic yep. songs which we're going to do a whole episode on beyond magnetic i haven't spent a ton of time with those songs they're it, they're, it, they're okay they're okay yeah, yeah. It, there's a reason they didn't end up end up on death magnetic right. um and that episode may not be super long it's only four songs but um then in my opinion is the sort of first <laughs> not great moment of these four shows yeah they cover please don't judas me a nazareth cover acoustic and man it is just kind of long and boring and they don't and not tight. But it's also night number one. It's, iron, it's night number one and they're trying shit out. They're ironing out the kinks, yeah. They 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 didn't have to like drum up all these cool obscure covers. Yeah. It's like I think it's neat, you know. But it is funny. So after they do this, they do wherever I may roam and they bring up a Met Club member. Yeah. And they're sort of jokingly saying, do you know how to play guitar? Like, do you know how to play this song? Yeah. And Lars and the mic, because they give Lars a mic and Lars goes, uh, does anyone know how to play Please Don't Judas Me? <laughs> <laughs> and james james goes don't even start <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing i love that so they do wherever my room with a met clubber who does a really good job he's like well surely they, i mean it was a contest so they like yeah. probably submitted videos or something i think you submit videos of you playing a bunch of metallica songs okay then they pick you for whichever song and stuff but he's real stoked on it oh i would be would you not oh i'd be fuck, so yeah. nervous i would too what, what would song would you pick to do with them if i got to pick a song yeah yeah I I mean, like, what song would you just absolutely murder? Well, I, I I'm hesitant to say like, oh, dude, I would love to do uh, Master of Puppets. Yeah, because I wonder if I would be so nervous that I would be like, oh, and like stiffen up, you know? If you, I mean, I don't get nervous often when I perform, but yeah. if it's Metallica, I'm standing next to Hetfield playing an Explorer. I would might choose something like you know a little a little easier. Yeah, maybe like a, I mean, even like Creeping Death. You know, that would, would be my pick. I wouldn't be touching the leads or anything. Or you know what you you know what you would kill like if you were worried about being nervous is like something like For Whom the Bell Tolls. Oh yeah, for sure. Just like yeah. easy plotting. Although I'd awesome. li- I, although I wouldn't mind doing like Fade to Black and like hitting that harmony with Kirk. You know. Ooh, see that would be one I would worry about blundering because it's so complicated. It's not necessarily fast. Like yeah. for me, puppets or Creeping Death is just like muscle memory chug a chug a shit. Yeah. What it's if not you, like what a if delicate song. Yeah. You know? What if you were cocky enough and you're like blackened? <laughs> Damn it. Well, on, on the fourth night, they uh, a husband and wife do blackened. She plays drums and he plays guitar. That's right. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, so good. Um, yeah, okay. So then after that, they do a Sabbath True with John Marshall. Yeah, which John Marshall was the dude who played guitar when James burnt his arm. He was his tech, Which yeah. is pretty cool. Hey, any techs out there? Listen, learn your guys' songs. Yeah. The band you work for, learn the tunes because you never know when... Uh, a uh, random pyro ac- accident will happen. <laughs> you never know when your lead singer is going to burst into flame. Yeah. Uh, then Robert does anesthesia, which I like. Very he cool. does it well. Any anytime he does anesthesia, I always think to myself, I don't think Jason could have done that. Well, he's I mean, he's playing with his fingers, and, he, and, and there's just there, obviously there's a different sound there. He's you could still do with a pick, but he's just a better bass player. He is a better bass player. I, I don't think I'm not arguing that. I think yeah, he's yeah. definitely a better bass player, more technically technically skilled, but. Um, he does a really good job. I think I'm sure he played that years and years ago, even before he was in Metallica, and he wants to obviously do it justice. Right. So he's, uh, yeah, great job, Robert. Then they do No Leaf Clover with Apocalyptica, which is a great Amazing. idea. Amazing. I love Apocalyptica. And we both love that song so much. Oh, yeah. But then, this is probably my favorite moment of this show. The band leaves except for James, and they do one with Apocalyptica, just James singing with Apocalyptica. And it's so cool. fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I think those dudes are all Swedish. Are they? I, I don't think they don't might know. be from. I'm, and someone you can email me and tell me what an asshole I am. I, at, at least I think they're all Scandinavian. Which um, you can send that email to e- to Ethan, even if he's right about this. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> but then the band does come in for the yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I will say as soon as the band starts playing, you can't hear a single fucking moment of the. You can't hear cello at all. Yeah. It's out of yeah, out of the building. <laughs> but the intro, like all the complicated, really cool melodic stuff, sounds so good as a quartet. Oh with yeah, those cellos. Uh, then they do Harvester. So then they bring out Jason. They Newstead, bring out Jason and the which, crowd. Which goes, is a really cool crowd moment. The, oh yeah. The crowd goes crazy. I mean, imagine if you were there, like, I mean, the only guests you've seen so far is somebody from the Met club and Ray Burton. Right. Am I correct? Yeah. So far. And John yeah. Marshall. Yeah. John Marshall and the Met club guy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're going to Harvester of Sorrow and then they bring Jason Newstead out. Like you, you've got to be wondering if you're in the crowd, like, I wonder if this person's going to be there. You, right. If, night number one, you have no idea what's going to happen. I wonder if they really kept the lid on those kind of surprises or I wonder if it kind of leaked. I don't know. Maybe 
either way, that had, had to have been so exciting. There is to a really him. funny moment in this. Like, I fully believe, from what I can glean and tell, that Robert and Jason are totally cool. That there's oh, everything's yeah. cool, for cool sure. in the gang. But as Jason comes out, like looking all badass, like just ready to murder. Yeah, and I don't know if Robert was just maybe even subconsciously feeling a little threatened. So he he goes up to the mic to kind of in what reminded me of what Jason used to do is like hype man stuff. Yeah. And attempts to yell like a really like brutal come on, but it comes out so weird, dude. <laughs> come on. Like it come just on, comes guys, out sounding it's Jason. It comes on sounding not brutal at all. <laughs> Cuz Jason did have that brutalness to his voice when he was hyping up the oh, crowd. Oh yeah, dude. The best. And his BGVs on Harvester of Sorrow are really great. Oh yeah. And I think you were telling me earlier that, like, uh, didn't you, you say that you heard he got to choose what songs he yeah, wanted to play? Yeah, so I think the ones that... Th- so Jason did two songs a night, and then he also did the Seek and Destroy. Right. Each night they ended with Seek and Destroy, and every special guest from that day plays on Seek and yeah, Destroy. Yeah, which is great. Which, I mean, that's a lot going on, but pretty neat. Very neat. So then they do Damage, Inc. And this is actually funny, too. Just another one-two punch on old Robert. is Robert goes and gets a five-string bass, and James in the mic goes... Uh, shoot a five string bass. He's like Jason only needs Jason, four yeah, strings. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> totally ripped Robert right in front of the crowd. Jason only needs four, <laughs> and it's almost like Jason just like is going to pull Robert aside and be like, "Look, after fifteen years, they were ready to let me go. Like you have no job security in this band. <laughs> yeah, totally. Just keep your head down, motherfucker. Just don't start a band called Echo Brain. <laughs> then they do a Saxon cover called Motorcycle Man with uh, Biff Bifford. Uh, which is okay. James, when the when they do these cover songs with their heroes that come out with them, right. James looks like a fucking kid, dude. Oh yeah, he looks so stoked. Even if we're kind of like, eh, yeah, I don't, I don't really care for that. But, but just the joy in James. Oh, it's amazing being with his heroes, honoring his, the band he made. Yeah, and, and that's another one of those things about how much detail they put into this. Like, what are the artists that influence us? I mean, it, it, it shows on a lot of the songs they've covered over the years. But yeah, I mean, bringing out, you know, Biff, is it Byford or? Biff, I don't know how to say it. I would it. imagine Byford. Biff Byford. Um, but still. I I'm going to call him Biff Bifford, bro. Biff Bifford. <laughs> um, but yeah, really cool. I mean, yeah, if you watch those videos, you could see the excitement in James's face. Like, he is a teenager all of a sudden. So then they do, they uh, bring out Sean Harris and Brian Tatler from Diamond Head and play The Prince. The Prince. Great, it's electric. Great they do The Prince, It's Electric, Helpless, and Am I Evil. A lot of Diamond so Head. Good. Yeah. But I mean,. I mean, help us, am I evil? And the and the prince are all. I mean, did they ever record? It's electric. I don't think so. It was like the definitely the live debut. I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, am I evil has become a Metallica song for sure. I mean, most people that aren't deep into Metallica wouldn't even know that at this point. They're like, oh, am I evil? It's a Metallica song. I mean, Metallica. These are like bands that Metallica wouldn't exist if these bands hadn't yep. been there to influence them. Agreed. But Metallica are so responsible for bringing these songs and this, these bands mm-hmm. to the forefront. Yeah, I never would have heard of Merciful Fate or Diamond Head. I mean, I'm just being honest. I, I wouldn't have. The first time I heard any Misfits song was because of the Garage Days me, EP. Me too. You know, me too. Uh, so then they end the night with Seek and Destroy. Not much to say about that. All the guests played it kick-ass yeah. great day one i mean if i was a met club member that had tickets to all four shows i would have gone home that night real goddamn happy and real fucking yeah. excited oh man i think you would have an erection for four days i mean <laughs> well that's me every week well i know but, um, <laughs> i actually have to go see a, a urologist about that i think <laughs> <laughs> i see a doctor about that um i just see a doctor about my my erection so december 7th 2011 the second show so they had a day off but um I think they spent the day off rehearsing. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I, I, I'd imagine they, they booked out the the Fillmore for uh, about almost two weeks. And I'm pretty sure they had like a they uh, had like a little Metallica museum in the front too. Like there was a separate room you could go through, and like they, they did it at the Orion Festival. There's like a, like a Metallica museum of old memorabilia, old guitars. Oh, really? Things like that. Yeah, you can look it up online and find photos. They're actually of it. doing that on the Hardwired tour now too. I saw they did a pop. They did pop up stores. Well, they're doing pop up stores. I think after the shows, but there are different levels of experience called experiences. You can buy the hardwired experience, which is you get to get there early. You get to eat at the spit out the bone buffet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are so doing. You that. get to do a well. It costs two thousand dollars. 
Whoa. So I don't know if we are doing that. Yeah, I don't know how our wives will feel about that you one. You get to eat, you get some drink, free drinks, you get to hang with the band like more than a meet and greet. And James doesn't do the meet and greets anymore, but James actually shows up to these. Oh, he does. Okay. And then you get to hang out for a couple of hours in like a memorabilia area where they have like gear that's all hooked up. You can like play their gear. Wow. Okay. Like you I'm can looking play... around my studio right now like, which guitars am I going to sell to get this <laughs> ticket? <laughs> Uh, but then, the, but then they have another one, that, and then I think the third tier is the unforgiven experience, where oh, you just get like I think um, early access to the rail. Okay, okay. Because they're doing it in the round tour. Yeah, yeah. Well, the fucking U.S. tour is going to be a stadium tour, by the way. But oh, the Copenhagen shows are in an arena. Yeah, which I I'm mean, they could, they, about. Could, they could do in the round in a stadium. The stadium shows they did in Asia were not. They were the not. Round. Yes, correct. But you, but you can do an in the round in the stadium. Why not? It's I just guess a that bigger guess, arena with no roof. I guess that's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right? He, you tell the truth, man. Hey, man, I, I gotta bull- hand it to I you, bullshit dude. here. Don't, don't fucking lie to me, dude. That's uh, all a stadium is: is a bigger arena with no roof. <laughs> it's a convertible arena. <laughs> I like how much passion you know. You something, are when you say Clint? That. I think Eason's right. You should listen to him. He's wise. I think an arena is just a larger. I don't, okay, my Torben sucks. My Torben will <laughs> okay. derail anything. So here's the deal. So I, ha- I have on my notes that Ray Burton talks about Cliff. I think I copy and pasted that on night one. I think Ray actually does talk at the beginning of night two. I don't know how night one begins because that's not on YouTube. Uh, okay, so when okay. Ray comes out to tell some stories about Cliff, that's actually the beginning of night two, which we're about to get into. Got it. Okay. So we've already kind of talked about that. Continuing the uh, opening with a with a, an instrumental, they do uh, "To Live Is to Die." I, one of my favorite instrumentals, which is my favorite instrumental. Such a, I mean, what a great opener if you're going to open with. Instrumentals. But they don't play it great. Yeah, there's some um, Kirk strays off the path of which those are some of my favorite Kirk solos. Oh, uh, agreed on yeah. record, and yep. it just kind of is a bummer that he kind of hits like the first few bars of it. So yeah. you're like, yeah, that's it, and then it's just like Kirk, you know, Kirk Womit. As, <laughs> Womit, as I've you know the Wawa, the Wyatt, Kirk Womit, for sure. um, Inner Sandman, Inner Sandman, which you know I could take or leave that song, but how, were they going to go through these four shows without playing Inner Sandman? I yeah, don't I see mean if that's even possible. See, out of seventy-seven songs, I think Inner Sandman can slip in there, uh, and then sticking with the Black Album, still holier than thou. After that, which is cool, which Again, is awesome. I, you know they don't they don't play it that often nowadays. You know I rarely I rarely ever see it. I see um, we've already bailed on saying what guitar they're playing for every song yeah, kind of did well okay i'll, I'll entertainment uh james <laughs> plays the uh kale explorer kirk plays the mummy guitar the kale explorer is that ken lawrence that brown that really beautiful brown explorer yeah with a crazy headstock mm-hmm. yeah and like the dragon inlay yeah so then they do one of my favorites i know one of yours too disposable heroes yeah what guitars are they playing <laughs> <laughs> Man, thank you for asking, dude. James was no playing problem. the White Iron Cross guitar, which is one of my least favorite of James's. Yeah. And Kirk was playing this like black ESP with this green glow thing, which is also one of my least favorite Kirk yeah. guitars. Um, Into Bleeding Me. Which is pretty good. Yeah, very good. Um, they, they, they've they always performed that song really well. That was one they always did live yeah. from the Load Reload era. That one always made it into the set. Uh, then Wasting My Hate, which is pretty rare. Very rare, yeah. And they do that one pretty good. I love that they go into my apocalypse too, which my, they, yeah. You know, I've noticed on the on the set list recently, you're not seeing much from Death Magnetic. I know, it kind of bums me out. It makes me wonder if just like to them, it just didn't rise. Is, you know, it has is it like another Saint Anger to them? I don't think it's like that not that bad. But, but you know, what I mean, like, uh, we'll just skip that record. I mean, I don't. I'm trying to think on the current tour, they haven't played anything from Death Magnetic. At least the day that never comes, or that was just your life. Oh, there's some great songs on that record. I, I know. Yeah. Uh, Metallica, I know you're listening, so we please add some stuff in at least for like if there's a Nashville show. I will add, say, add it in for us. I will say on the World Wired tour though, they played that record a lot. I mean, they played like eight or nine songs from the record almost every night. So maybe they're just sort of over it. Oh, maybe. And maybe none of the songs were really strong enough to like kind of be classics. So if you're gonna if they're gonna tour a new record, to they're gonna do their new record plus classics. Yeah, I mean they are a band of you know almost I mean what thirty five thirty five years. 35 years yeah. Then they do another uh, debut from Beyond Magnetic, just a bullet away. Mm-hmm. I don't have much to say about it, <laughs> just because I don't know. Is I don't know. Of course, know. yeah, totally. Um, it was like Samim saying that that one episode had no substance. Come on, Samim. Samim. Just because we couldn't talk about each track in depth doesn't mean that episode didn't have a substance. <laughs> it was very substantive. <clears throat> 
Bread, uh, bread fan. Bread fan, which they bring up a Met Club member to play. That's very cool. And they've been uh, opening with that lately. I know they did the Asia shows. They were opening with Bread fan. Yeah, cool. Um, which is cool, like a B side. Like yeah, they opened with yeah, they opened one night with Kill Kill, uh, kill the Lights too. Hit the lights or hit the <laughs> kill, kill them all the lights. Kill all them lights. Sorry. Kill all the lights. I'm master. like looking at all these songs and I'm like. My brain's getting jumbled. <laughs> I know there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of song titles in front of us right now. Folks. I'm suddenly worried that this episode is boring. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, I wish you know. We, I wish we could take live calls. That'd be kind of fun. That would be fucking awesome. Like, call in right now if you think we're if we're, we're sucking. <laughs> you know that people just call and be like, uh, "Can I talk to Torben, please?" <laughs> <laughs> you should do like a Torben hotline. Oh, Torben hotline. Yeah. yeah, for sure. By the way, one of the dudes on the forum has dubbed you totally Torben. Totally Torben. He's combined both things funny about you, That's which is that you I, say totally a lot, and that your Torben impression is very good. You know, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, maybe we should just blow through the songs a little faster. Yeah, yeah, okay. Memory Remains with, with Marianne Faithful, with Marianne Faithful which, which is awesome. Which she does a good job, because if you see the SNL performance of that, she does a la-da-da-da-da in a completely different key. Uh, Have yeah, you seen that? I, I, it's been a while. I need, it I need to rewatch it. real rough. Turn the page with Kid Rock. Well, you skipped Killing Time. Oh, you're right. Sorry, some of you, you have cover. some of these highlight or like in bold. In bold the ones that of, aren't in bold are the ones I couldn't find video of. Come on, man, I have a system, bro. Oh my gosh, you should have told that to me before. Jeez, I'm sorry. I actually care about this podcast. Well, you know what? Fine, I'm <laughs> fucking clean. You know, welcome to Melody Podcast with Clint and nobody else. <laughs> um, Killing Time is a rad song. Yeah, yeah. There's audio. All these songs that I couldn't find video for, there are audio videos. Okay, if that may, that didn't make sense. Audio, there are audio. There's videos. a YouTube video with nothing but audio. Yeah. Okay, uh, turn the page of Kid Rock sucks dick. By the way, yeah, I don't have any problems with Kid Rock. I've, I've had a few bus drivers that drove him and say he's actually a really legit cool. Yeah, guy. I've got. I, he lives in in White's Creek, Tennessee. Oh, like, really? He, he lives next door to my friend, like on hundred. Like acres. I've heard that on a personal level, he's super legit. He's yeah. I've I met him one time years ago when I I worked this MTV show that filmed in Nashville, and he was super nice. Well, I've just heard he like cares a lot about his crew. And, yep. Definitely. And he's friends with Metallica, so but, but I none of that will stop me from saying I even wrote in all caps next to the song sucks. Yeah, you did. Yeah, um, Four Horsemen with John Bush, which very cool, a, great a fucking singer. 180 degrees. It is awesome. He kills it. He's I mean John Bush is an insanely talented singer. He's very good. I mean, if you listen to any of the Anthrax stuff he did, I mean, you know he's a great singer. I, I will say none of these songs where they had guests did I prefer the the guest over James except for this yeah I actually just this dude just brought that sort of early eighties thrash to it James hasn't yeah. been able to do in a while right okay uh, now we have here we go now we have the Lou Reed moments Ice Honey which I actually think is a pretty cool song and but I made a note dude Lou Reed looks just like an old Jason Newstead <laughs> <You're kinda, laughs> so I wrote you're kind of right I wrote Jason Newstead's dad question mark <laughs> Music, awesome. Yeah, like, I I get it. The vocals are hard to get past. Yeah. But the music actually is pretty fucking yeah. cool. Then they do The View, which I think just all around does suck. Yeah, I'm not into it at all. We can go to the next song. Uh, White Light, White Heat, awesome. Yeah. That's yeah, the Velvet Underground, Underground, Underground classic song, yeah. Velvet Underground song. Here comes Newstead again. And then they bring back Newstead, Creeping Death. Which, and Battery. Creeping Death and Battery. Back to back, gosh. Very cool. Again, Met Club members who were there, you're sitting there watching Jason Newstead come back out for night two. Yeah. Playing Creeping Death into Battery. That's yeah. so cool. And especially just to get um, Jason on the die part. Oh, my gosh. And the motherfucker die that die. that Robert and Kirk just... Even Robert and Kirk together can't really fill yeah, the hole with Jason. Yeah, you all know it. You all fucking know it, bro. Yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, and then they end the night with Merciful Fate. Um, it's the time first time 93. Merciful Fate's played since 93. That's, that's cool. It, I mean, hey... It took Metallica to, to get them back together. That's awesome. I, for some reason, wrote Ride the Lightning Connection to Kirk, and I don't know what that note is in reference to. So <laughs> that's just forever lost in the cosmos. Fair enough. <laughs> and then, of course, ending night number two, again, with Seeking Destroy with everybody coming out. Yep. Another good, another good fucking show, dude. Yeah. All okay. Right. Night number three. Night number three. December 9th, 2011. This is the third show. So this is actually cool. James comes out and talks a little bit about Cliff. Um, they actually talk about Cliff. I think they talk about Cliff every night, except for the first night. I don't know what they said. Yeah. But James talks about Cliff and then they, the band honors, uh, the Met Club and, uh, like Metallica HQ staff. That's awesome. You think HQ staff includes like the road crew, all that stuff. Yeah. They bring like the lady, the woman who's like in charge of, 
Or wait, let's see, is this night four? No, yeah, this is night three. Like, the lady that's in charge of, like, their green room that takes care of their clothes and their hospitality, yeah. yep. who's been doing it for, like, 20 years, they honor her, and they honor, I think, their front of house guy who's kind of famous amongst Metallica oh, fans. Big, Big Mick. Big Mick. Oh, yeah. Um, and they have, like, pictures of their staff and crew, like, on the screen behind yeah. them. And man, awesome. they're like hugging them and they're just like, these are the people that take care of us and make us comfortable. And they, they really do treat it like a family. That's great. It's which, pretty cool. which is awesome. I, I wish every band was like that. They open with Suicide and Redemption, which I think is pretty rad. It is cool. Uh, it's, it's kind of a shaky performance. You think it's, is that the only time they've played it? I wonder. No, I think they did play it on the world magnetic. Okay. Tour. That's just one, one random little thing. I but, but, they, but it's probably, it's definitely low on the list of times they have played it yeah yeah i'm sure they had to rehearse the shit out of it and if you if you revisit the video it's it's obvious that it's pretty shaky yeah um in the master of puppets i mean yeah fucking barn burner yeah totally and and justice for all which just one two punch of thrash end of wolf and man end of gosh this is a great oh my god yeah i'm I'm skimming ahead i I I think night three is my favorite night yeah this is pretty badass yeah so so then they do a wolf and man fade to black the thing that should not be I disappear, which I like. I disappear. I think it's okay. Whatever. I don't love it. But yeah, I don't really like the hey hey hey. hey yeah. but there I go. It just gets old. But I like the chorus though. Yeah, I believe uh, was I disappear the last thing. Last that, Jason. Newstead. Last Jason track. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So then we go into probably the um, the song that we're most known for here on Metal Up Your Podcast, the Outlaw Torn. Hmm. I don't know if I know that one. Is the Outlaw Torn in the 30th anniversary shows? Uh, let me look at the list of songs here. I don't think it. They played it that night. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I mean, <laughs> if they would have played it, I wish James would have played uh, his White Iron Cross ESP and Kirk would have played his yeah, Mummy. ESP, I'm pretty but, sure they know, did not. I don't, I don't think, I don't think they did there. Outlaw Torn during the 30th anniversary shows. You guys stop, stop it! I know you're sitting there listening, going, "Oh, I'm gonna fucking email Ethan." Yeah, <laughs> Outlaw Torn they played. Which I gotta say, without the orchestra, is kind of boring. I mean, that's a pretty epic version. Yes, I know it's on SNM. <laughs> the song is killer. I love the recorded version, but live, it's just like, it's long, dude. It's like nine minutes of yeah, like it's a gro- long song. slow groove rock. Yeah. Um, but it's such a treat, and I love the song so much that I'll take it, even if it's a little boring. Yep. World premiere, or live premiere, whatever, of uh, Hell and Back, Hell. also from Beyond Magnetic. Yep. Nah, not great. Yeah. Uh, Blitzkrieg with Met love, Club fan. Love Blitzkrieg. Which is really cool. Yeah. For Whom the Bell Tolls with Jerry Cantrell. Oh, that's so good. Which, here's what kind of bums me out about it, is he doesn't do any lead, which you and I are both Alice fans. Oh, yeah. He's a great guitar He's player. An incredible guitar player. And he doesn't do any singing on... He's a great vocalist. Like, he could have taken a verse or something. Yeah, you're but correct. But he just kind of does diamonds and still like... Still cool that he's there, but I mean... Or even on the next song, he play, you know he plays a Nothing Else Matters like... He sings on Nothing Else Matters. Yeah, though. which is great. Like, yeah, I, I love his it, voice. There's, I love his voice. It's There's some pitchy... Yeah. He's not pitchy because he can't sing. It's probably a, an in-ears thing. Yeah. I, but I'm such a big Jerry Cantrell fan and Alice fan that I just love... I love that they're friends. I love seeing him up there. Oh, yeah. It's great. Which, I mean, we uh, I don't know when we would talk about this, maybe in the Load Reload episodes uh, when they were at the uh, Alice in Chains Unplugged when mm-hmm. they cut their hair. That's right. That'll be fun. And Mike Inez had the friends don't let friends cut their hair. Or yeah, whatever. friends don't let friends give friends haircuts. I think Something friends like. don't let friends outlaw torn S and M. S and M. That's what it is. Yeah, got it. <laughs> then, <laughs> you know what I think? I think the whole outlaw torn thing would die if we if, would just yeah we let keep it. bringing it up. But I'm just loving putting it on life support. I'm just keeping it That's in a, in That's a vegetable, veg, vegetated coma state. I love that they go into So What Next with Animal. Which is pretty wild. That dude's a character, man. Very much so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is the song that James initially blew his voice out on during the Black Album sessions. Tuesday's Gone, Jerry Control, Gary Rosington of Leonard Skinner, Jim Martin, and Faith Pepper and Keenan. Um, I love that Jim Martin from Faith and More was there. I mean, yeah. they're, they're old friends. And Pepper Keenan's from Down. Right. Well, and Jim Martin, Jim Martin, and Cliff Burton were like homies back in the day. Well, like they, in I think they lived together. Yeah, and they had a band together and stuff. Right. And they, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Very cool. Um, I will say though that the performance does suck. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I, and believe me, I don't relish saying it. I'm just giving you guys the goddamn straight shine. <laughs> um, here we go, Newstead again. Back with Newstead, Fuel, which I've always loved. Love that song. And, and they kick ass. I love his harmonies in the chorus. Yeah. And then an interesting choice, I thought, Fight Fire with Fire, which is just Thrash City, but interesting choice for Newstead to play that one with them. I, I wonder why 
that uh, song is yeah, significant. I don't know why he would have cho- chosen that. Well, you that, know what? But... He was a big fan when he joined the band. I, be- I wonder if Fight Fire Fire was one of his favorite Metallica songs. Yeah, it's very possible. Uh, then we have Glenn Danzig comes out. Uh, they do Die, 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 My Darling, Last Caress, and Green Hell. And Danzig this, sucks. This was, yeah, this is one of my least favorite parts of all of all, all the videos I watched. Was Which I've got to say, the those three um, songs are some of my favorite Metallica covers. Yeah, for sure. But he does... Danzig, is, it, it, for a long time now, has not been great vocally. Yeah, I know. Until recently, they, they've, uh, side note, have recently done like a Misfits reunion. Oh, really? Yeah, where it's like, well, I mean... Didn't uh, they have like a really unamicable split? Yeah, yeah, they, they, they've had lawsuits and all this all this stuff. And he went on and did Sam Hain and then Danzig. Right. Um, but uh, Jerry Only, the bass player, has had the Danzig name, and they kind of co-share it. Like they could, they, he can do merch and all. This. It's it's really weird. But um, recently, like Glenn Danzig, Jerry Only, and Doyle, um, all three of them got together. They've both played in in different incarnations, mm-hmm. but it's mostly Danzig and Jerry Only have never. They've always butted heads. They've never come together until just last year at Riot Fest. They started doing Danzig shows with Dave Lombardo from Slayer on drums. Whoa, really? And Danzig actually sound the videos I saw from I think Riot Fest in Austin, I believe, um, sounded fucking awesome. Have you seen that video on YouTube of a fan knocking Danzig out? Oh, that's old. Yeah, yeah it was a guy for, uh, from a band called. It was I like think, opening for them, and they cut their time or something. Yeah, I think they were, they were like a really lame, like like bro hardcore band from New Jersey. I think New Jersey maybe called Northside Kings. Okay, and that, like that dude that knocked him out, I think ended up like he like really tried to capitalize off his fame of punching Glenn Danzig. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I think he, I'm pretty sure one, he wrote a book. How does one even do? That? He wrote a book. I'm not kidding. I'm, I, uh, dude, he wrote a fucking book. Yes. What's it called? The, I'm going to find out right now. I punched Glenn Danzig one time. Um, I punched Glenn Danzig. He fall down. He fall down. He fall down. I write book. Um, let's see. I'm looking up real quick. Taking a quick little... Uh, yeah, let's see. Northside Kings frontman working on book about Glenn Danzig. Uh, can't talk. Glenn Danzig's punch out. I this mean, was in 2012. That's uh, like a one page book. Oh. Here, this might be it. Let's see. Uh, oh, this is uh, something different. I thought I was hoping it was this called "Don't Ever Punch a Rock Star." Um, yeah, it, it, the yeah, the first thing I'm not going to search for this for too long because this uh, is not about. Is there a hurdy gurdy in the book? There's no hurdy gurdy, but yeah, <laughs> Northside Kings frontman working on a book about Glenn Danzig punch out. That is so lame. Fucking kid over. I mean, yourself. whatever. Do whatever you, you I want. Punch, I'm that guy. You know, I punch Danzig. I make bookie. Yeah, someone like that. He it, fall it, down. It, I make. It bookie. makes me think of like you know the the guy that uh, you know played football in high school and did really well, but then never did anything after that, and that's all you'll talk about the rest of his life. Yeah, you know this guy is probably only going to talk about how he punched. Yeah, out here lies boring guy. Yeah, and he it was he punched Glenn like Danzig one time, ago. and Glenn Danzig fell down. Yeah, but anyways, <laughs> I'll tell I'll you what. To say Glenn Danzig sucked at the shows. He was and, out of breath. He didn't come in on time. Hatfield had to save him vocally a couple times. And part of the reason he's so out of breath is because, like, I'll give it to the man. He's got a lot of energy on stage. Yeah. I mean, it's oh, like, he does. It's like, hey, maybe don't run around so much. Right. So that you can sing the fucking song. Yeah. I mean, but cool, whatever. cool that he's there. Great for the fans. Well, that's what is interesting. Is like, is at this point, is Danzig, like, just at a point where performing well doesn't matter just as long as his, is his presence so strong that he can just be there? I think so. And to, even just to know that even if he never got as big as Metallica, that he's one of the reasons Metallica exists. That's got to be a cool like yeah, badge. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So then hey, Metallica's bring, probably also sold him a lot of records for for damn sure. Yeah, and made him a lot of money for so. damn sure. So uh, then uh, Rob Halford comes out and they do Rapid Fire, which in I think is full really, in full leather, which I think is great. It's awesome. You know, and th- those dudes were massive Judas Priest. Oh, cats. that's another. That's another Hetfield feeling like a teenager moment like right. you know his idols is on stage and you know rob i think rob's kind of held it together and he sounds he sounds okay yeah i mean he's he's, he's up there in yeah, age yeah. i mean he's yeah he's, he does good okay and then they end the night with shocker seek and destroy awesome and then they dropped a bunch of white balloons like cool like they dropped a bunch of balloons in the crowd yeah i love I, white balloons I, man I, after <laughs> after <laughs> night number two Hatfield's like you know what we know what we were lacking you know what the only <laughs> white balloons <laughs> Can we drop those, some of those from the ceiling, please? He has like a big meeting with management and shit. He's like, all right, guys, listen, I was Did thinking about well? it. I thought about it all night. The one thing we need, white balloons. Filled with heroin. <laughs> Filled with heroin. <laughs> I mean, Wait, that's for we're Kirk. in San Francisco, right? You know, 
<laughs> the tenderloin's not far away. Went in Rome, filled a bunch of balloons with heroin, and dropped them from Fillmore on a bunch of fans' heads. <laughs> I was just recently in San Francisco. I uh, had a couple days off on tour. And I've my wife is from the area up there, so I've spent a ton of time in the Bay Area, Oakland, and San Francisco, and um, East Bay and stuff. But um, it yeah, was it was cool, cool. man. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm so East Bay. <laughs> no, but I uh, you know it was fun. It was like because we've been doing this podcast, it was fun to like walk around and just think like I'm in like Metallica world right now. For sure, it was awesome. I do that when every time I go to. I'm, I'm lucky enough to be able to go work up in New York about 10 times a year and I always sort of do like a little bit of a kiss pilgrimage. Oh, as you like should. I go see their old rehearsal spot in Brooklyn and shit. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, that's some real nerdy shit. It is very nerdy. All right. Okay. Last, last night. So at the beginning of this show, James, Robert and Kirk come out and they sort of talk about how grateful they are for their fans, how tough it was to learn all the songs. Kirk even had like a music stand with an iPad on it with like, like notes and charts and shit for was, some of it. He, he was probably nervous. To, like he's probably not good at public speaking. He never I, does on stage. No, no, no. I mean notes and charts for the songs. Oh, got it. Got he it, wasn't got it, like sorry. reading. I thought, <laughs> well, I don't know. That, make, that would make sense. Sorry. I jumped, you, I jumped the gun and assumed. Could you imagine Kirk like holding paper and it's just shaking? Cause he's, <laughs> he's so like, nervous. I just, um, it's like he's in front of class. I mean, dude, I, Hey Kirk, if you have stage fright and, or, uh, you know, public speaking, uh, fear, I'm with you. I hate it. But they talk about how tough it was, but they did it the, you know, the Metallica way, sort of all or nothing. Yeah. Uh, They talk about, Robert talks about how, you know, they're really hard on themselves and how, you know, the first minute or so of Suicide and Redemption the night before was kind of rocky and they were like, you know, like in a good way, kind of pissed that they didn't nail it. Yeah. James says, thanks for pushing Metallica to be better. Calls them all family. I like that. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. They really are, in my opinion, a great example of like. They have a really great relationship with their fans. Yep, they do. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, there's not a lot of bands out there that do uh, what they do with their fans and include them and make them feel part of Metallica. Um, Death Angel opens the show, which is cool. The lead singer is wearing a Jump in the Fire t-shirt. Awesome. And I think the, I don't know details about the other openers. I know they had like a brass band do like Sad But True and stuff. Yeah, the uh, the Soul Rebels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think Apocalyptica opened yeah. one of the shows. I'm pretty sure Soul Rebels did every show. Right. Yeah. Right. But th- th- it wasn't like a full slot. They did like a couple of songs. Yeah, yeah they came out to... Uh, yeah, and I will say this. They they do Sabbath True, and James comes out and is basically like, man, we want to thank these guys. It's awesome. And he's like, man, Sabbath True. He's like, he was like, I was back there singing along. He's like, Sabbath True is my, one of my favorite songs. That's awesome. Which I was like, that's cool. James likes Sabbath True. Uh, they thank their employees again. And then uh, Robert, they all leave the city except for Robert, and Robert does a cliff remembrance where he talks yeah. about... He was actually staying at Jim Martin's place when he was auditioning for the band. Oh, wow. And so he was staying in a room where Jim Martin, because Jim and Cliff were so close, right. Jim had a big poster of Cliff. And Robert was like, man, I was just so in my head learning and shedding all these tunes that I looked up. I didn't even think about it. And there was this poster of Cliff looking at me. Wow. And he was like, this is a little hokey, but I thought it was sweet. He was like, I just remember like basically looking up at that poster and saying like, if I get this gig, I'm not going to let you down. That's crazy. When, so this is before he got the gig. He this was, is 2003. This is when he was auditioning. When he was auditioning. That's yeah. so, wow. Uh, and then what do they open with? Orion. That's awesome. Which they really honed that. And I will say on night three of the Copenhagen tour, because James had gotten sick, uh, they built in Orion into the set to save good, his voice. Good, good. As they should have. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and you know, Robert does a great job with Cliff's parts. He so kills I'm, it. Yeah, great job. And I, I recently watched, uh, I know that we're going to watch and do an episode on Through the Never, but I watched it the <laughs> yeah. other night just because I wanted to. And during the closing credits, they play Orion. Yeah, that's awesome. Sounds so good. Okay, so they open with Orion, then one of my favorites, Through the Never, and sounded great. Then another great one, Ride the Lightning. The next few are great. Dude, then The God That Failed. Yep. Then Welcome Home Sanitarium. Then they do an escape escape teaser. teaser. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Because they can't bring it, they can't bring themselves to play it. Well, like Kirk and Lars are kind of excitedly doing it, and James is just not even having it. Yeah. He doesn't even try to play it. (laughs) He hates it. I don't get it, man. I love that song. I guess if you've written, if almost every other song you've written is like a metal classic, I can see why you might not like yeah. Escape. I don't know. The first time I heard Escape, I never thought, oh man, that's weird. Me neither. That was fucking awesome. I thought Trapped Under Ice was too poppy, but. <laughs> <laughs> or Don't Tread On Me, which one? Uh, Rebel of Babylon, the last debut of the Beyond Magnetic. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, blackened with the Met Club members, husband and wife. Wife plays drums, yep. husband plays guitar. And they look like they're having a fucking blast. God, yeah, I would. Uh, then I, I did think this was interesting. So they bring Bob Rock up, which we just did our uh, Black Album episode. And um, 
It's interesting. Out of all the great shit he's done, they bring him up to play two Saint Anger songs. They do Dirty Window and Frantic. Yeah. And you know, I do you I get think it. he do you think he he chose those? I can't imagine it. I bet I, I imagine that they said, you know what, we want to have Bob up for something. Now I will say that because who else would they have brought up for Saint Anger? Phil. Right. I mean, he he played live shows with them. What on if they bass. brought the therapist guy out? Oh gosh, <laughs> I, I'm glad that he was one of the guys that was not in attendance. He could have been there. I don't know. Yeah, uh, him and Jason might have had some altercations backstage. Oh man. But, you know, like, this is the dude who helped them do Wherever I May Roam. I know. And fucking, um, you know, Remember all those Remains, great fuel, load reload. The, yeah, for sure. But he well, he got, you know, stuck with fucking Dirty Window, <laughs> which I know we have listeners who love that stuff, so whatever. But compared to what Bob Rock has done yeah, totally. pre- prior to that record, yeah, kind of, Grammy kind award, of a bummer. Grammy Award winning Better Than You. Yeah, Grammy Award <laughs> winning, guys. Come on. Uh, which, by the way, Better Than You, glaring omission from these shows. Yeah. Um, then they bring out Geezer Butler and do Sabracadabra. Yeah, which is on Garage Inc. Then they bring out the man, Ozzy Osbourne, for Iron Man and Paranoid. Which, you Jeez. know, Ozzy's Ozzy. Like, he gets the crowd involved. He's oh, yeah. not singing great these days, but... But it's Ozzy. Ozzy's well, definitely at a point where I don't give a shit how he sounds. Right. No, who cares? I mean, but, I mean, just glance down at what's about to happen. You have Ozzy and Iomi out there. Or sorry, no, ge- sorry, no. sorry, Geezer. Ge- uh, Geezer. Yeah. And um, and then you bring Jason back out. So if you're a, a, a member, dude, you, you've you're already watching seen three you, nights of Jason. Then you see members of Black Sabbath show up. Dude, you're seeing Ozzy Osbourne at the Fillmore. Yeah, that and, he's truly metal legend. Oh yeah, status. absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, Jason comes out, does King Nothing, which is all I always thought was a great Jason song with that bass. Boom, yeah. boom, 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 that, boom. that's one of my favorite songs from the Load Reload era. Uh, they do Whiplash, Whiplash. and Jason sings it. Which is so just such a treat. Rad. Oh yeah, it's so rad. Then they bring out Hugh Tanner, who yep. is a high school old high school friend who actually introduced James and Lars, and they play. And he actually wrote Motor Breath with James. Yeah, and they play Motor. And dude, he looks like he's having so much fun. So much fun. And James James actually says like, "Wow, like it took us thirty five years to finally get on a stage together." I know. <laughs> I wonder what kind of royalties he's been living off from Motor Breath, just from Motor Breath. I mean, that record sold a couple million. Surely and, he. he and it still sells. It was in the top selling metal records of last year. I mean, I know that I know that like on the back of the record it doesn't have like his last name on it. Right. But I'm sure there's a percentage that goes to Oh, him, you I, know what I mean, I'm like, sure. It's yeah. I'm sure they just put like the primary songwriters, right. you know. Or or maybe they paid him, you know, I've I've done I've been involved with some songwriting stuff where they basically just bought my publishing. Yeah. Paid me up front. I don't know, man. Um I don't know. We'll ask Hetfield when we go see him in Nashville when we buy those $2,000 tickets. <laughs> or when uh, they're given to us by uh, Torben Ulrich. Uh, I think I could make, uh, make a call for you. <laughs> I know a guy who knows a guy who plays tennis. I know the drummer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the night kind of ends with this, all this kill all shit. Then they do. So then I they mean, bring then out. This is like almost like, this is like the, the headlining slot of oh, the all four nights time. right here. Cause they bring out fucking Dave Mustaine. Yeah. Dave Mustaine. So the, the big four shows of a couple, a couple have happened at this point. Right. Um, they did more this, the following summer or actually the summer of 2011, they did more, but, um, uh, yeah. Freaking Dave Mustaine comes out and plays Phantom Lord, jump in the fire, metal militia, hit the lights yeah. and joins them on seek and destroy. And Mustaine, Fucking rips. He those. does. Oh, I just hit my. I just hit my pop screen. I'm so excited about this. I have my. I was I actually thought you just got shocked. I was doing hand gestures. Sorry. Um, Mustaine rips those solos. I know he like, does. To the he point, does a great job. And and just has his head down and just killing it, playing it flawlessly. And you know, Kirk's probably going like, Ugh, oh bummer, damn it. But he wrote that shit. He definitely wrote "Jump in the Fire." Oh, yeah. you mean the solos? Like, it's like a lot of the leads is what Kirk had to redo on the record, yeah. or how to you know at least the first eight bars or yeah. first four bars. Yeah. Um, I will say my only, the only thing that's a little weird about it, and I think this is just Dave's personality, is he, he doesn't seem loose and he doesn't like, seem like he's like, like he doesn't go have fun with anybody. Yeah. He walks over to Lar- the riser a little bit, but he never leaves stage right. Like, whereas like I mean, Newstead's like prowling the yeah, stage. And- but Mustaine's kind of like that with Megadeth. If you watch live Megadeth stuff, I mean, he's not running all over the place. He's just kind of chilling there, headbanging. Yeah. Occasionally go back to the amps over to the, you know, drum riser, maybe with Ellison a little bit. I just wish there was more of like <clears throat> him like smiling and like having fun. It's not a Megadeth show. Too, it's mu- a, too it- much red hair in his face. You couldn't tell. He probably was grinning. Jesus, dude. When's he going to get a, a different hair thing? When's he going to change his hair? Man? I'm fine with it. Really? At this point, I mean, it looks like he's never. It looks like he's never ever done anything to his hair ever. 
It's very possible. <laughs> I mean, he cut it a little bit short, like in the nineties, not like short, short, but like it was shorter, but you know, I, I think I think his hair, that red hair, it's just it's just a part of him. It's Do you consider it red hair? It's kind of like orange. I consider it blonde, but my wife considers it red. I have like a color blind issue. It looks blonde to me. Like straight blonde? Like if someone was like, What color is Dave Mustaine's hair? I would say blonde. Really? I think kind of a It looks like kind of a dead blonde. Maybe, how about this? Strawberry blonde? <laughs> Can we settle on that? Can we meet halfway at Strawberry Blonde? Let's do it, yeah. That sounds metal. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, cool. I, I mean, I thought that was fun. I hope everyone listening enjoyed the, the episode. Uh, I'm not sure we ever need to do anything like that again. <laughs> I thought we were going to cover other shows. We're going to do the big four. Jeez. I think, I don't know. I you know I had a good time uh, uh, talking through these songs. You, know, you were just talking to us about, about set lists, essentially. You know? So, I don't know. You guys let us know. Email us. Yeah, actually, yeah. We we um we really appreciate the constructive criticism. So, yeah, for sure. We're um, a bit we're a bit confused uh, as we're finishing this. I I enjoyed it, but it, it's it's a weird subject to tackle, I guess. Yeah. So let us know. Email us and uh, and metal up your podcast show at gmail dot com. And you know, did you enjoy it? Were you like, eh, don't do that again? Yeah. Don't don't, don't cover s- shows. Yeah. I don't know. I like. Or maybe shows. if you're going to cover a show, don't do four shows in a row. Because we just basically covered four entire shows. But would it be more boring if we did four episodes of this one thing, one show each? I think so. I think that'd be more boring. Yeah. We'd rather, I'd rather cram it all in. I don't know. We'll see. You you, you guys let us know. And as always, uh, you know, go on social media, follow us, uh, Metal Up Your Podcast on Instagram, Metal Up Your PC on Twitter, Facebook. Just search for us. I don't care about Facebook as much, but I will respond to you. Um, <laughs> it's just not as fun. Um, I don't care about it as much, but I will be checking it all day. I will be day. checking it all the time, but I don't really care, though. <laughs> I will be in my underwear at my It's just, I don't know. It's it. just the one that it's starting to look like, remind me of MySpace, where it's just like so much shit. And I'm just like, I just want to put this there. Dude, and I haven't been on Facebook in almost four years I'm proud and of it's you. and it's been great you yeah. should consider jumping ship maybe should we, we have to hire somebody to to respond to the few people that do comment <laughs> on there though we'll just have a whole staff yeah well yeah the things are really growing staff. yeah we're gonna yeah. have a staff of about 35 people totally. soon. <laughs> <laughs> all right so that's all for the episode guys yeah thanks make for sh- listening yeah, thanks for listening make sure you email us metal up your podcast show at gmail.com and i'll see you next time see ya <laughs>